turning your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You know, the, the Nike thing. The answer is probably no to the end of that question. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, our end of 2021 spectacular. I'm Matt Donnelly filling in for Michael Goudeau, who's at home, hopefully not with COVID. We're like 90% sure he doesn't have COVID. He's taking all the tests, it's negative, but he's coughing, so he doesn't want to come in. And everyone's getting it right now, so what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Play it safe, that's what I say. What do you say, host of the show, Penn Jillette? Preaching the love. <laughs> that's what I say. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Yeah, here we are. Uh, here we are preaching love. We yeah, are preaching love. I had something to say, and it went right out of my head. It was the end of our year spectacular? Was that it? No, no, it wasn't. That. Nothing you said. I Something about Nike. It was yes. That's what I was going to say about Nike. Uh, when when Nike first came out with "Just Do It," mm-hmm. I just do it. I always felt creepy about that uh, because it tied in to me with Gary Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Now Gary Gilmore is the um, is the uh, murderer who wanted to be executed mm-hmm. and fought to be executed. Norman Mailer wrote a book called Executioner's Song about Gary Gilmore, and Gary Gilmore also his family lore said he was a descendant of Houdini. Mm. And I remember uh, Silverman, I forget his first name, Silverman um, wrote the really, really good Houdini uh, biography, along with Ratso wrote a great one too. Right. Uh, Larry Sloman wrote a great one, but a great one. But for Jeopardy purposes, you only didn't know the last name, so you're good. Well, good, good. Who is Silverman? Yes, that's right. And um, he had in there that Gary Gilmore uh, claims that Houdini was uh, was a relative. It was in Norman Mailer's book, right? Yeah. But he could, Silverman could never get through to Norman Mailer to find out what sort of what they found out about if he was related to Houdini. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself to help out the cause of biographers everywhere. And I bumped into Norman Mailer at a Penn Award, mm-hmm. not named after me, surprisingly. Okay. Um, and I said to him, you know, Gary Gilmore says in Executioner's Song that he's related to Houdini. And Norman Mailer said, he's a crazy person. <laughs> He wasn't related to Houdini at all, not even slightly. But uh, Gary Gilmore, what's that? The chat is upset that uh, there was a mention of Jeopardy and no mention of who won Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Of course. They can't take their drink yet. Okay, sure. Uh, uh, I was on Jeopardy, and uh, I don't remember. Do you remember, Matt? Who won the, the show that I was on? Uh, Penn, I watched the episode that you were on, and you won. Oh, yeah. I did. I, I, it slipped my mind. Yeah. It slipped my mind, but yeah. I guess I did win, yeah. Thank you. Okay, good. So, um, <laughs> uh, Gary Gilmore says uh, before the firing squad, he said, uh, let's do it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I always thought that the Nike phrase and Gary Gilmore's final words were related. Mm-hmm. And that always bothered me and made it seem creepy to me that everybody had that written all over their shirts and sneakers. That would be bothersome. Yeah. Then I saw an interview with the guy who came up with a slogan for Nike. Yeah. And said, yeah, I kind of the Gary Gilmore thing. Oh, so you thought it was a coincidence and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were right. I was right. And you know, that happens so rarely. Oh, wow. It's disconcerting. Yeah. Isn't that creepy? Yes. Now I feel weird. Mm-hmm. I was going to the story thinking that you were still going to be the only weird one. Yeah. Now we're all weird. Yeah. And there was a friend of a friend of mine who decided he was going to see if he could go through an entire day without seeing a Nike swoosh. You know, ah. that, you know that simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was back in the 90s. 
could he go through a whole day without seeing a Nike swoosh? And he was not going to go out of his way to not, mm-hmm. but he was going to just notice when he saw it. He went months and there was not one day, even when he stayed home alone, he didn't see a Nike swoosh. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. There was a heavy duty market penetration. Yeah. And Gary Gilmore, relative of Houdini, <laughs> firing squad, let's do it. Uh, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. So here we are. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's where, when we're recording this, it's the day after Christmas. Yeah. How was your Christmas? I had a lovely Christmas. Uh, my father was initially going to come out uh-huh. and I thought it was a bad idea. Good. Cause of, I, yeah. cause he doesn't like you as much. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, wait a minute. I forgot which son invited me. Mm-hmm. It's a no. Yeah. No, uh, just the, you know, the surge was coming up and, and thought bad idea. Yeah. But I still had family come out, but we were all testing like every, every 48 hours to make sure we were good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so that worked out, uh, and then we had a nice Christmas with with some family in town. Oh, that's as nice. well. That's yeah, nice. that's nice. Yeah, we have we have developed this odd Christmas tradition in mm-hmm. my house. I don't know how it came up, uh, but I have uh, fake scrambled eggs with fake cheese mm-hmm. and pancakes with my friend Elliot's maple syrup. Oh, that becomes our Christmas dinner. That sounds delicious. It's very very good. Boy, good maple syrup. Mm. On good pancakes yeah. with scrambled eggs on the side. It's hard to beat that. Yeah. Of course, none of this is real. I don't have, you know, the pancakes are vegan yeah. and the scrambled eggs are vegan. But I love vegan scrambled eggs. Yeah. I just, they're just eggs people. They figured it out. They did. It's one of those things they have down. Yeah. Also, um, chicken satay. The yep. vegans, vegans solved that. Yeah. They also solved the Whopper. Not general hamburgers, but the Whopper has been solved for yep. vegans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and vegan mayonnaise has been solved. Yeah, yeah. The gooeys, all that stuff, any, any kind of fat you need, they have figured out a vegan alternative for they've it. Got, they've gotten good on the gooey. Yeah. Good on the gooey, vegans. Good on the gooey, huh? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I mean, this is people that haven't uh, paid us to talk about this. Maybe they will in the future. Um, <laughs> but I love everything about chickpea of the sea. Oh, yeah, yeah, First yeah. of all, I love the name. Chickpea of the sea, it's fabulous, and it's uh, it's fake tuna that's uh, that's made of chickpeas, and you put that with some fake mayonnaise and put that on a bread. It is a tuna sandwich that can't be beat. Yeah, without tuna. Yeah, without you know killing dolphins and 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 tunas. I was that never... was the thing that was so weird. Remember that <laughs> they were so upset about killing, killing dolphins. dolphins in the tuna. Yeah, and you had to say, "Well, you're killing the tuna, you stupid motherfucker." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was never a big tuna person. Uh, my wife uh, now loves the, the the vegan version of tuna. That's yeah, so good. And with the vegan mayo, making tuna salad, it's it's yeah. she's it's it's really good. It's really really it scratches good. that itch. And you could put a little bit of celery in it if you yeah. want, just to feel like you're putting a vegetable in. <laughs> um, and that's uh, that's really good. And then you put on the side of that the least healthy food that a vegan can eat, which is potato chips. Yes. The yellow bag Lay's potato chips uh, with that, with a fake tuna sandwich. I don't think I'm happier. I don't think yeah. I'm happier. So what did you have for your thanks, uh, Christmas dinner? We got a uh, uh, the fake, uh, we didn't do the full beast, but we've, uh, Trader Joe's has a fake turkey uh, loaf with the stuffing inside it. Yeah, yeah. We did that and then had real turkey for other people and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, vegan rolls and uh, vegan mashed potatoes and vegan gravy, they figured it all out. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Really good. <laughs> Did you flavor. get any good presents? I see. I do. We do our Christmas on uh, New Year's. On New Day. Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. We get we get our presents, and that's when I also do the release of the balloons for the people that we've lost because of my mom. Yeah. But um, so we get one present on uh, on on Christmas. Okay. But that that's all. And but you got what did you get? You get something good? I got. Uh, I really wanted the HB oral history HBO book that just came out. Uh, the history of HBO. Um, this guy did the oral history of SNL and he also did one of ESPN. And so we, uh, I'm blanking on the author's name, but he just did one of HBO and I heard an interview with him and I really wanted that book. And, um, I, I, I read so much magic books that I was like, I want a book that's not magic based for, to read this, this take, to, to take breaks from. And so I'm doing that. So I got that book and a lot of good clothes. Good clothes. Good yeah. Clothes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I took a wild, I, I did a kind of present mm-hmm. that I never, ever do. I yeah. never do this kind of present. And it was really successful, really worked. I was on an airplane. I was on an airplane where they had Wi-Fi. And I was reading an article on gifts for Christmas. Why I was reading the article on gifts for Christmas, I think is because I'd read everything else on the airplane, right? So I'm just looking at it, and it says, here's something that would not grab me. This is something in my life it would never be grabbed by. But all of a sudden, it said, socks with your pet's picture on them. (laughs) And I went, you send a picture of your pet to this company, and they put your pet's picture as the uh, design on socks. Wow. And I went, you know, I'm sitting here on my iPad at 30,000 feet, and I have uh, Wi-Fi, and I think in my photo library, I have a picture of our stupid dog. <laughs> so it took some doing, you know, typing in credit cards and all that pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at 30,000 feet, I bought four pairs of socks, <laughs> basically pink, yeah. with a picture of our dog's face yeah. all over them. Four pair I bought. And I bought them. I started saying, oh, I got to figure out sizes. I just bought all big ones. Because I said, <laughs> they can just cuddle up with socks of the dog. Yeah. So I, I, and then said they delivered in the gift box, nothing to do. So they, oh, you didn't have to do, you didn't have to put the box in something else. It just, the box was ready to give away. Yeah. Oh. Just a box. That's great. All wrapped, all done and exorbitantly priced. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. It's socks. Mm -hmm. Charge me three times as much as I would for a pair of socks. What do I care? And, um, I typed that all in. I had to type it in like five times. You lost the Wi-Fi. The usual trauma, but not really hard, really. And then I said, after we got each our one gift, I said, I want to give a one gift to everybody. This was my mother-in-law, my wife, my two children. I said, here, these boxes. They said, oh, what's this? Couldn't even guess, right? What's this? I said, I want you to open them all at once. They said, oh, socks. With a dog, with our dog on them. <laughs> it was totally successful. Wow. I believe in my life, I've maybe bought four successful gifts ever. Yeah. I'm not a good gift buyer. Really not good. I, I generally am not. I try to step up for my wife and usually I've got a couple right over the years. This year I, I found, she likes to wear these weird gloves that the fingers are free on them. So she puts on gloves that covers the wrist and most of the hand, but leaves the fingers free. Mm-hmm. And then it has like this button on it where you can bring material forth that turns the fingers into a mittened uh, hand. Or you can fold back on the flap and you button it so the fingers now, are free. Is this made out of her own skin? Yes. This is uh, that uh, adamantium and her own skin. <laughs> um, and I used to make fun of her for these weird gloves. Mm-hmm. But then I found like a really high-end cashmere version of the same glove design. Mm-hmm. And I got her that and it really surprised her. That I remember that she liked those weird gloves. Yeah, pictures of your cats on them? <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> I also didn't get my cats shit for Christmas and no one else did either. <laughs> and they didn't notice. But I was very happy about that. I was like, I know for a fact that my cats don't care about anything. They, yeah. don't, they, don't, they don't get... I feel like dogs understand celebration or jubilation in humans. I don't think cats do it all. No, I don't, I don't think they do. My cat attacked my foot the other night and drew blood through the blanket. Sleeping. Pinky. Pinky the cat. <laughs> my cat <laughs> decided to attack my foot while I was sleeping and drew blood. And out of like, to shame her, I took my foot out from underneath the blanket to show her. And we both were surprised to see blood. But to show her my bleeding foot, she didn't give a shit. She didn't <laughs> care at all. No remorse, no embarrassment. <laughs> like, I thought that was a mouse. It's not. It's your foot. Nothing. They don't care. No. It's amazing that cats have, have have found a way to get fed and get taken care of. <laughs> I know, they really just don't care. <laughs> don't care at all. Now, um, so that was your uh, that was your uh, Christmas. Yeah, my boys are old enough now. They get like Lego things, and we get to sit and like build stuff together. I really like that a lot. 
Yeah. I like that. I really dig that time. Whatever. Yeah, well, enjoy it now because that will go away. Right. They don't want to be with you after. No, no, no. You and Godot's the ages of your children just leave a haunting trail for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely enjoy it while it lasts. It's definitely yep. a word I think of all the time. Words I think of all the time when you're hearing stories of you and your children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right now I'm really trying to buckle and enjoy building those Lego things. Yeah. Um, Can you build the Lego things? Uh, yeah. You know, my, my Legos, of course, ties in with my problem with topiary. Yeah. I don't like when they have special Lego pieces to build certain things. Like a Darth Vader Lego thing, I don't like. Yeah, yeah. My idea of Legos is it's all just bricks. Yes. And then you use your creativity to make those bricks look like something. Yeah, yeah. That ship has sailed, though. That ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not even close to doing that anymore. Because now you, it's just like building a model, right? Yes, Exactly. Just Which also bothered me when I was some when I was very young. People were buying like monster models, like you have Frankenstein, yeah, and you just snap it together and then paint it. Yes, I I don't get that. No, no, nope, not at all. Yeah, I wasn't into I, the model or the the glue thing. No, I wasn't into it either. I think Gilbert Gottfried was. I believe Gilbert yeah. Gottfried has all the famous monsters all put together and painted by him. Really? But I might have made that up. <laughs> I, but it seems right. Feels you know, like Gilbert Gilbert. Gilbert is incredible at drawing. Did you know that? Gilbert's no, great, I didn't know that. Really great artist. He draws like Frankenstein and Dracula and all those famous monster things. Pretty wow. much any sort of crazy shit you can do, Gilbert does. Yeah. You know, he also does that really intricate pencil drawing that's done by mentally ill people. Oh, like where it's like tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny photos? Like a whole whole pages of just tiny, intricate stuff that, you know, if you look at it on that real outsider art, it's either about Jesus or Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does that exact stuff. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he just goes little tiny. Th- like, when remember the R. Crumb uh, yes. documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they show his brother's um, notebooks. Yes. The little tiny drawings, and you go, oh, he's crazy. Yeah. That's what Gilbert does. Anyway. So uh, you did gigs. You were on the road. I was. Now, I got to tell you, I, I was talking to Piff about this. Yeah. And I also talked to Teller about this. Uh, I feel a not not entirely non-paternalistic um, <laughs> pride at our little Matt Donnelly yeah. going out into the world and doing magic shows. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I and this was really, like, you know, um, uh, I was open for Piff Forever. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if I can get there out of my own. And then all of a sudden I got, was able to put a little seven stop tour together over three months and, uh, ended up, you know, other things popped up. And so I got, to, I got to do my show. I think I did 31 sets in 17 days. Yeah. Yeah. And what's great about that is that you get past the point of nervousness or your biggest barrier, not being prep. You know, like, did I, did I bring everything? Is it all set up? And is it, is it where I need to be? And you get to start to think about your other show. And, um, yeah, like I have uh, a sense of an act now. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's ready to be, you know, full, full, fully fantastically huge, but there's a real sense of, you can't really say it's not really ready when you're actually doing it on stage in front of people. Well, yeah. And people like it. Yeah. People are enjoying it. Uh, it's, it's, it's also, I've been, you know, I did, I did um, Magic Castle and then I did Chicago Magic Lounge as well. There's a lot of other magicians around and I definitely felt like I was on no one else's turf. You know, I was definitely, I'm definitely doing my own little comedy version of whatever comedy version of magic uh, first. And it's been great. It's been now, really uh, well, you haven't talked on the show since you did the Magic Castle, right? Right. Now, was there much of a thrill to that? I mean, for some people, the Magic Castle is a huge thing because since they were a child, they were thinking about it. But you came to Magic so late, it probably wasn't, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the it more kind of came on as the weeks went on because, yeah, I, I was very interested to do the Magic Castle because I love the idea of doing 20 shows in a week. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to do that kind of rep and and really kind of figure out. Um, there's so many adjustments you can make and, and to make yourself better when you're performing that often. And so I was really interested in that. As it got closer, everyone kept being like, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Oh my gosh, this is a big deal. Are you nervous? And in my head, I was like, well, no, because the way the Magic Castle works, it, it, it catered to my strengths. I was only doing 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, they said like it's best not to use a microphone and that the sound cues and stuff don't really... And so when I do, when I'm asked to do like an hour, I'm always embarrassed. Like, do you have your Q Lab list or whatever? And I was like, I don't. 
just lights up and I do stuff in a row. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have a lot of, that's the next big adjustment I want to make in this new year is trying to find a way to make it more of a production. But, um, so to just know Mike, just knock out 20 minutes was great. So fun. Um, and the first night I was there, I went and saw like as many acts as I could around the castle outside of my act to kind of get a sense of where an audience might be if they're seeing me amongst other shows. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really felt good about the kind of show I could do for them. And it went really well. I mean, uh, Jack Goldfinger was incredibly nice. Uh, they invited me back. Uh, handsome Jack came about halfway through my run and, uh, just came up to me and started launching the notes right away. Just started (laughs) telling me how to do everything better right away. But, uh, but he was right. And that's things like a lot of people gave me a lot of feedback and it's, it's, I don't know why I always laugh because I definitely have the human thing of, whoa, feedback, feedback. Oh, um, I always have this thing of pride where we're supposed to talk about it and you go like, whoa, excuse me. And then I laugh because like I'm so I'm so new to magic that it definitely people definitely have things to say that will help me. So I always have to get over that initial hurdle of like, whoa, excuse me. And then kind of go like, <laughs> actually, listen. And then they're always right. Um, and then when you're there, they have a bunch of the magicians all over the walls and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they have all the things. And then all the members with their pins that come out. And so all of a sudden these people with different pins come and sit in a row together. And it's like this, this kind of like, then it started to kind of feel like a real, more real to me as like, oh, this is not just playing anywhere 20 times in a row. It is different playing the Magic Castle because they all come out to kind of check you out mm-hmm. and get a feel for it. Um, everyone was very kind. Uh, very happy that a new guy was doing kind of different things in there. And I was invited back right away and, that kind of stuff. It was really great. You're a Magic Castle guy. I'm a Magic Castle I'm very, guy. I'm very proud now. Yeah. Soon you'll be like Comedy Magician of the Year or something. <laughs> I guess that's the next thing. I got yeah, to figure out where I'm going to try to swing you'll, next. Yeah, you'll be, uh, you'll be, you'll be that. It's really yeah. good. I want to talk about this. You know, they say you can't have it all, but it's not really true. With Blinkist, you know Blinkist. We talk yeah, about Blinkist yeah, yeah. all the time. You can have all the most important ideas and takeaways from the world's top nonfiction bestsellers all in a fun 15-minute read or listen. I listen. I'm not, I don't really read the blinks. I listen to them. Use these blinks to get inspiration. Learn more about books you'd like to read next. Broaden your knowledge and get new perspectives. Blinkist takes top nonfiction books like, I mean, even like the Harari stuff. I mean, yeah. the good stuff, the uh, Pinker stuff. Pulls out the key takeaways and puts them into 15-minute text and audio explainers called Blinks. Yeah. Good idea. With over thousands of titles in 27 categories, plus shortcasts, which are Blinks for podcasts. The Blinkist app gives you knowledge you need for the time you actually have. Now, when I'm practicing something, something that's a motor skill, or when you're driving, Blinks are just perfect for that. Yeah. 15 minutes is the right amount. Like, if you're exercising... Learn something while you do it. You really do. And also it tells you, and I've, I have done the experiment. I have read books and listened to the blinks to see what they got. And what they have is they have everything I remember after a month. Oh, wow. Everything I remember after a month. You got 21 lessons for the 21st century. That's the, uh, the, uh, Harari book. There's Enlightenment Now. That's the Pinker book. How to be anti-racist. Hillbilly, uh, elegy. Um, Braving the Wilderness, it's really, really, really good stuff. And you can just get it quickly. You know, some of these books, you'll find the blink is so good, you want to read the whole book. And some of them, it's just what you need out of that book. And they're on all different subjects. And you can just, you can learn a great, great amount of time while you're doing something else, you know, while you're practicing, while you're driving, while you're exercising. Really good. Right now, Blinkist is a special office just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash pen to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off the Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash P-E-N-N. To get 25% off and a seven-day free trial, Blinkist.com slash pen. 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 Beautiful, beautiful. So then- Can uh, can we say that they're all recorded in the nude? Or are they still keeping that secret? (laughs) (laughs) Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. 
<clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. So, Magic Castle. Yeah, Magic Castle. And I'll tell you what's this funny this funny thing uh, that, you know. Uh, so, did you eat at the restaurant there? Yeah, they, they, have, uh, they have different stuff there. Yeah, yeah. They give you like a, a card and you can, you have like a butler assigned to you or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is nice. It's nice. It's very nice. It used to be just a prime rib. It was just like nothing food. Yeah. Is it any better now? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Now it's like a high-end restaurant. If anything, that like it's a high-end restaurant, so your little card, you have to be careful what you spend on what, what nights because you want it to last the whole seven days. You don't pay out of pocket for your Oh, food. I see. Yeah. They, you have to budget it out, right? But that, 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 that was kind of fun. But then you have this little, they said like, you know, we'll welcome you in. And they welcome me, they hand me an envelope that had the, that card and a little magnet and then a little fob or something. And then you walk around and every door opens up with a fob. So I was like, oh, all right. That's my welcome kit. Is I can just walk around the castle right now. <laughs> so when I first started with Piff, we did comedy clubs, yeah. right? And so I was his opening act. And so I basically, I consider myself like a magnet. If, like, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to misbehave, if, or, or test, test, test the merits of the room, do it on me. Let's, mm -hmm. let's get it all out. And then I will, uh, then do my best to put you in your place. And then however that goes, doesn't matter. You're there to see your headliner, you know? And so I would kind of really do a lot of ball busting and crowd work when I opened for Piff. Mm -hmm. Then he graduated to theaters, you know, started doing big theaters. So if I got a little heckle at all, I started like drilling people like a comedy club and I got a really bad reaction because <laughs> they're paying a lot more for a ticket They're in a much nicer theater. They paid a sitter, you know, like it's a different clientele yeah. and I'd be like, I got to chill out, you know? So magic castle, it's, it's all right there. I mean, you're right. It's, it's very intimate audience in the parlor. And, uh, and the hardest part is going to like drill someone who's drunk, but like in a tie and like done up nice. You have to be very, cautious or whatever and the same with chicago magic lounge and chicago magic lounge in chicago they had a real ball busting crowd it's a very comedy oriented city right mm -hmm, right oh. and so i had this thing where this um i did a did a do i do a, a thing where i throw out a bunch of baseball cards and they have to pick a card or whatever and i try to divine the card that they selected and and then this woman who i anticipated sitting down when i mentioned the name of certain players didn't sit down mm -hmm. and i said um i said do, do you have a name in your mind you know, and this happened at Magic Castle as well. And, the, and when it happened at Magic Castle, I wasn't ready for this, but because it happened at Magic Castle, I was prepared for this. I said, I said, I want you to say the name out loud. And she was like, the player's name was, I think, Flea or Fleet. And so I said, okay, I can't drill this person. <laughs> so I said, so I said, I listen, I'm going to inform you of something right now. And you promised me you cannot be embarrassed. I don't want you to feel embarrassed. I want you to feel fine about what you did. But I asked you to select a card and you memorized the back of the baseball card and the brand that makes the card. You memorize the brand's <laughs> name of the card. <laughs> and that like effort to like, you can't, don't worry about it. You can't feel embarrassed. This is what happened. <laughs> just brought the, down the room. Just like made everyone just hysterical. But this woman was like, nope, I remember the name. And I was like, I think you read the back of the playing card and not the front. Now, did you, that, and that was true. Yes. And you realized it in real time. In well, Chicago, I realized it in real time because it happened. It only happened one time before. It was at the Magic Castle. The Magic Castle. Did yeah. you realize it while it was happening? No, 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 no. Um, but in, in the time of the Magic Castle, it was someone trying to help, and they like as a group helped this person memorize the back of the baseball card by accident. Mm -hmm. So then I really laid into it with the Magic Castle. I see. But I thought it'd be funny, and it was. But then they came up to me afterward and apologized. I see. And I was like, Oh, I don't want you to apologize. Don't. No. And so at the Magic Castle, I was like, I can't even, even that, like I can't have people feel like they mess with my show when they didn't, that kind of stuff. I was like, I can't let any of that happen. Um, it's, but it's a kind of fun thing. It's a weird thing to kind of keep taking in, you know, but like your magic crowd is not prepared like a comedy club to just all of a sudden get slammed for, for messing up or something <laughs> like that, you know? Um, and the other thing is that like, you can derail my show. Like if you want to speak well, up to, you. to mess with my show, I, I will. I do stop and take that time. So like, uh, I had to cut tricks once or twice at the Magic Castle just because of time. And in Chicago, after my first run, knowing what the crowd's gonna be like, I took a trick out entirely. Mm -hmm. This was like, no, we're gonna be doing a lot of interacting. 
and I have no problem spending time there. And I think that's really setting me apart from other magicians mm -hmm. where I, I will, I will, I will interact with you and get, and get as many laughs out of that as possible before I move on. No problem. I don't mind doing that at all. So that's been a fun, fun little corner to have in these magic venues as well. Are you getting along with the other entertainers? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because I, I, I let people know that a, right off the bat, I, I'm, I'm new. My story is stupid and entitled. Like I'm very, like my arrival in magic is because of having help from Ben and Teller and Biff and Johnny. And like, you know, it's stupid. It's, I know how long it took me to, to get anywhere in comedy. It is stupid how fast it's happening for me in magic. I get that. And I just talk about being very much still a student and asking for feedback from people and that kind of stuff. And there's no, I have no edge to that at all. There's no part of me backstage going like, I'm a headliner. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you, uh, were you at all intrigued by the idea of doing the walk around close up that the others are doing? No, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Like, uh, the people who are good at it are very good at it. Yeah. And the magic, uh, 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 and seeing, seeing, I, uh, there's a guy, Lauro, who's, I think, originally from Hawaii. This guy, Lauro, was doing the um, close up room at the castle. And I really loved his set. I actually took any friends that came to see What's your name again? Lauro is his first no. name. Okay. Uh, he's a Hawaiian or Filipino. Yeah. And um, he, I took all of my, anyone who came to see me at the castle, they, if they wanted me to hang out after, but I, I took him to his set. And then he started doing the same. Anyone who's there to see him, I, I started seeing him pop up at my set all the time. We really hit it off. And it's the kind of thing where my friends go like, that's impossible. And I go, I agree that I could spend years trying to do one of those things. And I just don't have the time to catch up. I can't do it. And then, uh, at Chicago magic lounge, they send out five at a time. They all huddle up and they're all constantly going over each other's stuff and sharpening it. And all of them know the history of all these tricks and different moves and different holds and different whatever. And you're like, I don't have, I don't have the time. I couldn't get there in 10 years if I decided right now, I can't. And so your sage wisdom at the top of my now magic <laughs> career was no cards, everything above the waist, yeah. always, always, so you can always present for any stage was the smartest, craziest thing. It was just crazy smart what you said. And that's it. So when I see that stuff, I go like, that's amazing. You're great. There's no ego in it for me at all. I'm like, I'll never do it. I'll never be able to do cups and balls or any uh, high giant things in a hat. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I don't know how to make giant things come out of a hat. Yeah, you don't you don't have much stuff hanging off you when you go out there on mm -mm. stage, do you? No. no, 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 no. A lot of my stuff's really. I really I take pride in my writing and my comedy. A lot of my magic's pretty self working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just where I'm at. at the and moment. where did you play between uh, the Magic Castle and the? I played uh, New Albany, Indiana, mm -hmm. where uh, like you, you talked about last episode of like everyone just stopped by and like, hey, Penn or whatever. Yeah. I was walking to to the theater from the hotel and a car like screeched to a halt. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I rolled on the window. I was like, what's happening? And there's people walking behind me. And I was like, Ted, hey. And I was like, hey. And I was like, Jesus. I thought it was, it was like a drive-by. There's two townies making sure they said hi to each other. <laughs> 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 That's what I was. You know, I was in a four-block radius in, in, in New Albany, Indiana. Great guy. Uh, Brent Braun has this great little J&B magic shop there. Mm -hmm. And behind them is like a 30 seat theater right in the back. 30 seats. Yeah. yeah. So I did a couple of those. I did two shows there in one night um, on my way to Chicago. And uh, yeah, doing shows for people in Indiana. And that was another fun thing. And that was like, that was, that was doing my stage show at close range. That was a little, that was the only, was a little weird was, was, was uh, I basically like, I have a thing where I put a giant fishing pole that goes at 25 feet. Uh -huh. I couldn't. I was like, I literally was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but people like when I pull out a fishing pole. So I'm still going to do it. <laughs> you're right here. But I'm going to just uh, <laughs> shove, a, shove a, fish, a bucket on a fishing pole in your face. Um, but that was a lot of fun there. New Albany is essentially a suburb of Louisville. Yeah, it's a 10 minutes outside of Louisville. Oh. Uh, Kentucky crossed the bridge. So you weren't there for the tornadoes or anything, were you? No, I came out just after, and I was worried that that might affect anything. But it, but it didn't, luckily. Well, anything for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It affected things. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> if you were affected by the tornado and you just heard what I said, I imagine you don't like me right now. Like, <laughs> I get that. I get that. You're right and I'm wrong. Uh, for sure. Uh, and then as I was getting to Chicago, 
now we're uh, mid-December, they're talking about, hey, some parties are canceling because this uh, Omicron seems to be affecting people. And I was like, it sure does. I mean, I literally was kind of timing. I started November on purpose because it seemed like the wave cycle was like, oh, I bet in November it'll be really nice. And I was right. Mm -hmm. And that new wave came on a lot faster and stronger than I thought. And I got off the road right at the right time. Yeah, we were in uh, Atlantic City. Oh, yeah. And uh, New York and Chicago. Yeah. And you went to the um, Jamie Allen Magic Immersive. Magic Immersive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, I was there, but it wasn't running. I mean, I was there oh, to yeah, impress. Yeah. And I met the people. And I saw the stuff set up, but I didn't really go uh, go through. Yeah, I've been Facebook friends with Jamie for a little while. And he had me on his, he did like a live show. And I was a guest on his show. Uh, the beginning of the pandemic mm. lockdown. And so we've stayed in touch. And so when he told me what he was working on, I was like, that sounds big and crazy. And, uh, but he pulled it off. And it's this really cool thing. So you, like a bunch of magicians have this own, you, you walk through this tour of magic with different magic acts. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you have a booth there, Copperfield, Houdini, um, all kinds of people. And then if you're VIP, there's this little magic show on the side. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you walk in, but they do. Uh, like the best illusions, this crazy collection of the world's best illusions in the round, but not, not in the round. The audience is in the middle. Yeah. And the stages are all around you. Very much like a tenant one, like the old carnival thing. Yeah. You kind of move from stage to stage. So you're constantly turning around, looking at all these illusions, and they are just packing them in, right? So like, normally you see illusion show, you expect it to be like an hour. It's a lot of dancing, a lot of, not here. They just do, they just knock out illusions it's just not i was like the best way to do illusions is this way it's a half hour and there's like 12 <laughs> like it's great and it ends with the girl escaping a water tank like it's yeah, crazy good. I, I heard that the water tank uh was really great right it's really good it's really good and you can sit like basically around it the way it is you, you sit around three sides of it it's right there like i was sitting like two feet from it it looked great and uh they, they have a good crew there or whatever and yeah you just watch someone uh, escape, you know, do a great water tank escape, whatever. Jamie's own illusions with the iPads, the seasonal one is oh, in yeah, there. Yeah. It's really good. They do a bullet catch, uh, which is hysterical because it's like second. Like it's not first and it's not last. <laughs> so I just like that, like yeah, in the middle, we're going to also catch a bullet. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's definitely magicians stacking effects and not thinking about it from a human being perspective. <laughs> <laughs> they do all the stuff to verify it's a real rifle and all this other stuff. Not rifle, a handgun yeah. and everything. They do everything to verify all the stuff that you would do. And then it's like, it's the, and then anyways, onto this other stuff. <laughs> like philosophically, I thought you, you don't do that with a, with, with catching a bullet out of the air. And most important, how yeah. did the Penn and Teller stuff go? Really good. Really good. I think what the most important thing is that, so they did two illusions to start, including the bullet catch. Um, and then they played your video. And what your video does is make everybody interact with each other mm -hmm. and show each other stuff. So when I saw it, I was like, my only thing was like, I think you should do that right away because all of a sudden, the, once the audience was like showing each other their cards and interacting and stuff, uh, they were like in, a, in like a cooler mood. And so the applause and everything got better after your thing. So I was like, well, just do that right away. But I assume the second we appear on the screen, the crowd goes crazy a lot, out I mean, of their minds. Just bras the screens. Yeah. It's really yeah. weird. It would be yeah. up, on, up on boyfriend's shoulders <laughs> and topless and screaming. Yeah. yeah a lot of that. I a lot of that going some, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fainting. I imagine there's some fainting. Yeah. Is it, it was definitely interesting to see you guys do, the, do it to camera, uh -huh. you know? And, th and that's the only thing for me is that like, oh, this is like a big pulpit, like full-blown crowd pleaser and then it was like fun for the audience to look up at the screen and play along and do the cards bit and make their card but i was like oh if you guys this card doesn't know you got to be in the theater for this but it it, it it does exactly what it's supposed to do for the show uh and they have our our helmets yeah well that, your museum display is badass yeah well, they had the uh the dummy they had for teller for the clothes they're wearing was too small Did they fix that <laughs> i believe they fixed that yeah okay. yeah yeah because his was like, it looked like uh, J.C. Penny boys section. <laughs> so they're trying to get the height difference. <laughs> also, I guess uh, Glenn was a good a good friend to Jamie because your magic kit's for sale in the gift shop. Mm -hmm. All your books are for sale in the gift shop. Like, there's no shortage of Penn and Teller stuff in the gift shop. So you're all set up. You can get Presto there. It's pretty great. Yeah, well, it's, um, we all, I all, you know, I was there. Yeah. And my uh, uh, Moxie was disgusted 
yeah. because uh, there's a cutout where you can get your picture taken with Penn and Teller. Yeah. And everybody thought it'd be really funny if I did it. Uh -huh. Okay. So I stick my head through the little hole where Penn and Teller are looking at me. So, yeah. And I, I'm there and they took that picture and it went up on, uh, you know, uh, social media mm -hmm. and Moxie yeah. said, dad, did you take a picture with yourself? <laughs> I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? Mark said, you, like uh, this magic immersion thing, there's a yeah. picture of you posing with yourself. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. Mark went, that's for other people, you know. <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to be posing with yourself in that. Yeah. I said, so, well, th th they told me to. Yeah. Okay. They told you to. Sure. Great. Oh, I... <laughs> I love it because, like, you know, it shows every 20 minutes starting at, like, noon. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, getting people to go see Magic during the day. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And then there's no actual headliner. You know, it's, like, there's all this great stuff in there. It's it's awesome collection. But now you have other people doing work that aren't, you know, their own headlining name. It's pretty great that they can just knock out those shows. Yeah, the, the, the magicians there seemed really great. They yeah. seemed really excited, mostly really young. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and really seemed uh, so focused and into it. I posed for pictures with a lot of them, and it was yeah. very, very nice. Yeah, it was great. And then, and, and yeah, the, the, the VIP performers were from Chicago Magic Lounge. So, so it was fun to see people I saw that were doing oh, yeah. close-up were also hosting their own show, and that was neat to see oh, as well. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, Chicago Magic Lounge is very, very nice, right? It's great. I, I mean, was there once, and I really loved it. Yeah, I, I, I took a tour there. Opening for Piff at a, uh, uh, years ago when they just built it. And I was like, oh, I've got to play here. And they, because you, you yelled at Joey on air, they invited me to go play there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I let everyone know. I said, I'm here once again because of nepotism. For, for Magic <laughs> Castle, Teller wrote a letter on my behalf. I was like, I want people to make no mistake about it. Nepotism works. Nepotism is how you get places. Uh, and so when it had you end up here, and I was like, oh, uh, Penn yelled at Joey on air, and here I am. <laughs> Now, here's the stupid thing about the Chicago Magic Lounge. Yeah. Want something stupid? Yeah. I was asked uh, by someone who's going to be doing a similar type setup. Yeah. I said, what stupid stuff? I said, having real things. Why are there any real things? Like some of the posters and stuff yeah. are really valuable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Same with the uh, same with the. I mean, the castle is just a, like a, an absolute like just treasure trove of priceless yeah. artifacts. Why? That if one person just wanted to just do a smash and grab or what's it called? <laughs> snatch and smash and snatch, smash and snatch. It's smash and grab. Smash and grab. Yeah, yeah. That's the place to do it. I'm not advocating you do it, but we'll have a time for you later. <laughs> where we're all beat and we'll do it. Um, <laughs> I don't understand the real shit stuff at all. Yeah. Like we, we played the hard rock, mm -hmm. you know, and all you do is you go in and go, did Springsteen really wear that stupid headband? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. That's all you do. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that it's real, I guess seeing the stuff the Beatles actually wore and guitars people actually played, I, I guess that's something. But it seems like if I were doing the Magic Lounge, I would pocket some of that money. <laughs> For the original posters. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Just going to sell that off, get a replica made. Yeah. The perfect crime. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would probably just put up replicas anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't even buy the original. Just put up a replica. Yeah. Here's the kind of thing that they would say in the, you know. Yeah, I'd say the coolest part of playing the castle and the magic lounge was that the spaces are designed for you. Yeah. Right? In different ways. But the magic lounge, I mean, it feels like this gigantic theater. And then yet the front row is right there. So the time it takes to get people up on a big stage and off a big stage, that doesn't happen. People move very quickly to the stage and off the stage. And yet it feels like you're playing a gigantic theater and then it's, but it's fast, which I like a lot. Now, when you're performing, the walk around people are not performing. No, no, no. They just take a break. It's, they, they, it starts with them. They come in then they see an opener. Then they see me. Uh, and then there's a, if you paid an extra, there's another show in the back afterward. And who was your, uh, who's your opener? This guy, Trent James, mm -hmm. he's very good. What, what kind of stuff do you do? He was also doing a comedy, comedy versions of classic routines, but he did this thing with um, spirit slates, oh, like yeah. ghost right on slates, whatever. But in it, he, he um, put an actual sheet over himself like a ghost or whatever. And I, it, it was just, I'm doing, I, I, by trying to talk about it more, I'll do a disservice. But okay. he was a very, very charming 
young, attractive guy that I was like, if we switch places, the audience would not be upset. If I, <laughs> if I opened and he headlined, they'd be like, cool. And then it, he was like, maybe I shouldn't. I was talking to two, they have two really sharp guys. This is the guy, um, Ryan Plunkett was there as well. Really sharp kid. And both of them were like, I don't know about fool us because blah, 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 and this and that. And I was like, just, just go, go, just get on the show. Like, <laughs> they will love you. You will love it. Get on the show. It's don't <laughs> overthink this thing. You're young. I did the same thing when I was in my 20s, overthinking a lot of things. If you can get your ass on television, do it, and they will love you. So yeah, they're two, 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 two sharp guys I was trying to convince to submit to fool us. Over Good. Time. Yeah. Good. I hope they come on and fool us. Yeah. That's what they should do. They're really funny, really sharp guys. Yeah. I shared my the parlor with pop hayden when i was oh there. really yeah yeah he was so kind and great and we just talked about it and he had i felt like it was almost like an improv convention where like i just kept nerding out with him after we during our crossover and he was so kind and we just kept talking about magic the entire time and it was really great oh that's good super nice guy that's good yeah well matt donnelly magician that's what we got here matt donnelly magician i'm really enjoying it i don't know what to do next after this tour but i'll try to keep figuring out something to do with it well, I don't know. What are you doing on New Year's Eve uh, this year? Are you going to, do you dare meet anybody? You know, we usually have a shindig at my house, but oh, we're yeah. discussing whether with Omicron we want to do that. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, we're we're lucky because of, of working for, uh, for Penn and Teller and then my wife working for um, Spiegel World. We, we've had access to tests. They've been short mm -hmm. at all the pharmacies and stuff, but we've been able to keep testing ourselves to make sure we're being safe with all this, with me touring and family coming to town and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, if we're testing and I'm fine, I can do whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. We just, it, it just, nobody knows anything. It's a tough one. There's definitely like a fatalism in this round with Omicron. There, there really is a fatalism. Like there's like a, everyone's like the word chicken pox keeps coming up, which I was like, that was definitely what uh, some senator advocated at the beginning of the, of the whole pandemic. And everyone's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> we can't just have everyone get it and survive. And now all of a sudden everyone's like, maybe we all should just get it. <laughs> Like it's a real, I, the people that I know yeah. that have been so, so careful and done everything perfectly yeah. are still getting this. Yes. It's, it's amazing. I mean, no one knows where they're even getting it, you yeah. know, and they're trying to figure it out and you're like, it's impossible to even figure it out. It's just, it's just a, it's very, very bad. Well, my wife had a breakthrough case. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe I tested negative. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. Like I drove in, I was like, I'm going to cancel everything. And I drove in and got tested and they're like, if you can go away and do gigs, go away and get away from your wife and go do gigs. I said, okay. <laughs> I was like, you heard them, right, Sarah? Um, and, uh, but I couldn't believe it. And so every time I came, every time I came home and tested myself or, or tested myself in my hotel room, I was like, this is it. Cause everyone's getting it. And this is the time I'm going to get it. And I keep testing negative, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It feels inevitable. I know that. And that's, I think that's the worst thing for us to think, right? Right. That's a really bad thing. Because that gives think. you license to be a little careless. Yeah. I think that we're not supposed to do that, but. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I, I just don't know. You know, I mean, I was supposed to go um, to uh, to uh, Chicago, yeah. New York to do The View. Yeah. And then to Atlantic City. Then I was supposed to fly over for Magic Goes Wrong over in England. And uh, the general wisdom was, we can get you to England. We're not sure if we'll ever get back. Because, <laughs> you know, Dave, our sound man. Yeah. He's stuck in, he's stuck in England. Uh, he went to visit his family, tested positive. He couldn't get back. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you don't know, you know. No. And then the castle is shut down this week. Oh, did it? Suspended performances for one week. For the uh, for the um, Omicron? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's really <laughs> weird. Yeah, I don't know how long we'll be going. We're going. We had a, you know, we had a good house last night. We'll have a good house tonight. Yeah. People are coming to see the show. They're loving it. Wearing Santa hats. Yeah. I mean, it's for, for, very for, festive. For those listening, because the shows are going as long as they can. You know, everyone's testing like crazy. Mm -hmm. And some shows are gonna some shows are done because of just staff numbers. Can't do it. Yeah. Because of infections. Uh, but there's no sign of we're gonna do anything else besides that. And Broadway's still down. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can kind of like, it just seems like it's so rampant that it'll go through faster. This yeah. wave will go through faster. Yeah. Well, you know, now that we've all had our two-year course in epidemiology, <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all know what we're doing. 
like I said, I, I got up right off the road. My father canceled on Christmas like a week before I was off the road. And I was like, oh, what a shame. And then on the plane ride home, I was like, he was right. That was a good idea. My dad had not coming out to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And then, yeah. And plus the dead of winter. So we we're all getting all kinds of colds and sniffles and stuff. Yeah. And we're thinking every time you just cough, you're like, oh, I got it. I got yeah. it again. And I've been, because I had a cough because of the weather. Yeah. Uh, I've been tested a zillion times. Yeah. And I'm negative every time. Yeah. So, uh, okay, everybody, we're coming into another year. Uh, stay positive. Uh, stay negative. Yeah. That's my, that's my advice to you, to everybody. And that was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. You become naked. Do you have any gigs coming up? Eddie? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, back on the road uh, January 23rd, five shows in Folsom, and then we're going to Keller's Magic Lounge in Erie, PA, last weekend of January. You can say that again. I'm going to Erie, PA, Keller's Magic Lounge, Erie, Pennsylvania, last weekend, two nights only, Keller's Magic Lounge in Erie, PA. It's a big venue. I'm psyched to try to fill it. You know, we love you. Got anybody to thank there? Uh, I, do. I have plenty of people to thank. I'm going to thank the people who support us on patreon.com slash pen. And I want them to know that they're going to see the photo of Penn posing with himself at Magic Immersive. I want to thank people like Allison Sage, Kristen Kladick, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scoop Little, Joseph Mastrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Nate Soloway, Kelly Reeves, Michael Kaplan, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, Julian Webb, Stephen Volcano, Jim the 22-Year Naked Magician, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you! And if you want to know what it feels like to be a resident of San Francisco, we have just added a Patreon level where Matt Goudot and I will do a smash and grab at your... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, your wife says that you've given very good gifts over the years. Okay. I found uh, James Andrew Miller for your HBO thing. Yes, Andrew James. Uh, yeah, that's his name. And Confusion on Houdini. There's a Kenneth Silverman book from- Kenneth Silverman is what I meant. From 1996, yeah. but that's not the one with Ratso. No, no, I said Ratso wrote a different book. Okay, got it. Okay. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.